Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woody Allen Retrospective, righthandplanettower.com. I am your host, as always, Donald Wonder, and I am back with my lovely assistant, Simon Radcliffe. Boo! You supporting other sex offender, boo! Pitchforks and torches, boo! Boo! Yep, that's what I've been hearing all week, guys. Oh, man. What a depressing week. Guys, we record these um, recordings in advance, so by the time you're hearing this, you probably already know what's going on with Woody Allen and the Me Too and all this. We've touched on it. We're going to touch on it again, just because I've been getting some very critical feedback, which I want to address, to be honest with you. But before we get into that serious stuff, let's let's move on with the movie stuff first. Guys, if you were here last time, we spoke about 2012's To Roam With Love, another Woody Allen movie that kind of got middling reviews it wasn't actually as bad as i remember it being the first time around so if you want to hear me and simon talk about it and give a fair review discussion about it if you're on youtube i'll put a link in the top right hand corner and of course guys if you're coming to this discussion for the first time i want you to welcome to the you to the woody allen retrospective we've been reviewing every single woody allen movie since we're in 2012 2013 it's obvious we're coming to the end of our run but we've recorded over 50 videos on Woody Allen and all his previous movies. Some people would call us fanboys. Some people would call us casuals. Whatever you want to call us. Thanks for sticking around, guys. These reviews we do are spoiler discussions. You know that we don't work for any of these fucking review sites of Rotten Tomatoes. That's why you love us and you hate us. And hey, you can always just get yourself a girlfriend and call her. And then you don't have to call us at all. <laughs> well, uh, you know there's a lot of things going on that we're going to get to at the end i don't want to ignore the movement that's going on and woody allen is not in the center of it but right now even though all these other accusations are coming up people are acting like woody allen is the one that got away now i don't think that's the case dylan farrell has come out for the first time through this whole controversy with an interview front and center and we're going to discuss that at the end but before we do that, Simon, let's actually move on to the next movie. And why don't you tell us what we're speaking about, which we know is one that people have been waiting for us to get to for the longest time. Actually, the timing is ironically perfect because this is the movie that really started the whole escalation of the situation to the point where we are now. And even down to the point where some of the actors in the movie are becoming relevant to the conversation that's going on at this point in time. Yeah. So... It's obviously Blue Jasmine from 2013, the follow-up movie after To Roam With Love, that was 2012. And this movie shook things up a bit. And I haven't really thought about this up until really most recently, but when Midnight in Paris was such a runaway success, we talked about this in the previous episode that a lot of people were caught off guard by To Roam With Love because they don't know Woody Allen's filmography. They know the classic, so they don't know how... After a big, successful movie that was really inspired, he has to go back to kind of a safe space and do a fillerish type of movie. And a lot of people didn't know why the quality dropped or why it was so different. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, I remember that the Dylan Farrow, Mia Farrow, and uh, Frank Sinatra Jr. triple combo was already creeping up because wasn't it around that time that she came out again and started mentioning, you know, uh, the allegations? So I think this tends to happen every time, you know, Woody Allen receives praise that kind of exceeds his usual credits. I believe Dylan Farrell came out with her open letter in 2014, but she was making murmurs around this time because this was around the Oscar time. But in 2014, she started her tirade, which is going on strong today. Very strong right now. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so really when that initial pickup in Woody Allen's kind of career and credibility came when it comes to the mainstream. That's when we start hearing ramblings from the Farrell family again. And even to the point where at the Oscars, Kate Blanchett, who, spoiler alert, won an Oscar for this movie and stars as a title character, Jasmine, when she thanked Woody Allen, it was kind of controversial and people didn't know if they should clap or not. And yeah. it was an internet beam from a brief period of time. Yeah. And that's really the story behind this film. Because once again, Woody had another one in him. Uh, another classic film, really inspired. Blue Jasmine is actually, uh, that's why I'm interested to hear your opinion on it, because it's reminiscent of interiors from a sense that it depicts uh, 
this time solely focusing on the title character of Jasmine, a woman who is in a very dire situation. She's a woman of high class, and she, she seems to be betrayed by all the things she thought were solid in her life. So she's a fish-out-of-water character in a sense that the world appears to have turned against her, and she's she finds herself more isolated and kind of a stranger in her own life. Now, the movie opens up with Kate Blanchett on a plane, and we can already tell that uh, there's something off with the character as she describes her life up to the point to the passenger sitting next to her in miraculous detail, an old lady. And it's actually an ironic joke that usually old ladies talk your ear off about their youth and their life, etc., etc., etc. But this time, the old lady actually gets fed up with her, and she's like, she can't wait at the airport to just say goodbye yeah. and not have to deal with her again. It turns out that Jasmine is actually visiting her sister to move in with her at the time, played by Sally Hawkins, uh, who sort of a in a serious, getting serious relationship with her boyfriend, played by, and I hope I pronounce his name right because I love this actor, yeah. Bobby Canvalli. Bobby Cavanale, 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 <laughs> Mr. Boardwalk Empire himself from yeah. season three, the Mad Dog. Ant Man, he's currently in Mr. Robot, which I really enjoyed him. He actually does really well playing a different type. In this movie, he's playing most of what he's normally like, but in Do Mr. Robot, he's playing a different type. But continue. Italian stereotype. I remember yeah. this guy when he started off. I think what was that show called, The Third Watch, by the producers of ER. I never watched that. Uh, I watched it as a kid. I mean, long time ago. But uh, anyway, he's a magnificent actor. Yeah, I'm sure he couldn't wait till he had the chance to work with Woody Allen. And like you said, he plays an Italian stereotype. But the whole point is that when we're introduced to Jasmine, you can tell that she's a very sophisticated woman. She dresses very nice. She behaves very, very calm and measured. And she's a woman of grace. Unlike her sister, who's pretty much, uh, you know, your average Joe. I mean, it's quite ironic that there's a slight sense of, uh, I want to say, disgust on her face when she sees uh, the temporary accommodation she has to move into where her sister lives. Oh, yeah, she's refraining her disgust. You can clearly see it. She's with, she's slumming it now. She's high class, and now she's slumming it with the middle-class middle dregs of New York, or, oh, sorry, of San Francisco, sorry. But I was laughing, because that apartment <laughs> that she moved into in London, if you're rich, that's the kind of apartment that they you show you over here. <laughs> yeah, that, like people are like, oh, this is, this is in the trendy town of, part of town. And it's so spacey. You get not one, two, but two and a half bedrooms. And there's even a small hallway where you can cram your shoes in. It's so great. It's mm. open build. And over there, she's like, this is the lowest of the low. Yeah. You know, what has happened to my life? And you ask yourself, what did happen to her? Well, this is where the movie gets really interesting. So because she's in the this uh, place of depression and she's kind of uh, shook up and almost unstable she keeps talking to herself and people don't know what to make of it is she crazy is she having an episode but actually she's just shocked she's stuck in place and she keeps reliving all these memories from the past from the recent past i may add you know when you have a bad memory and you're just taking back to that moment yeah. instantaneously when you remember it mm -hmm. and sometimes you even say words out loud because you just want to yell at yourself why didn't you do something different of course yeah she's having that again and again and again and through these flashbacks the movie actually runs parallel in two timelines we see it in the present time where she has to move in with her sister with sally hawkins and you know bobby cannavel and uh, What's what's his character's name? I love that Chili. I think it was Chili. Chili, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, with Chili, Chili the man, and then we have the past where she is living the good life with Alec Baldwin, who makes a return in this movie, who is going to be relevant to the later on the conversation we're going to have as well, because he is one of the few celebrity supporters of Woody Allen at this point in time. And we just saw him with To Rome with Love, so back to back. Alec exactly. And we couldn't wait for this movie because you and I were saying he was one of the best things about that film, yeah. but he was once again underused. And they worked together in Alice, where again, Alec Baldwin just had a cameo in that film. So finally, he has a slightly bigger part, still playing support, only in the flashback scenes, but 
he almost steals the show. Kate Blanchett is magnificent, but Alec Baldwin is right there with her, giving a terrific supporting performance. And the story doesn't really hide behind twists and turns. No. Because in real time, they lay it out that they lost their money. It turned out that Alec Baldwin was up to some shady stuff. And, you know, it didn't end well for him. But what's great about it, I think the reason I like this film, that it highlights the unique qualities of Woody Allen as a filmmaker, because these characters, no one else could have made this movie this way and depicted these characters in this realistic fashion. Because Kate Blanchett, just from our description, this chick should be thankful that her sister takes her in. Now, we got a backstory how both of them were adopted, and the sister was always kind of the black sheep because the adopted parents preferred Kate Blanchett because she's just naturally smart and graceful. And the sister always goes on about, oh, she has the better genes. She got the better genes. And Kate Blanchett's character, Jasmine, is always like, no, you can make whatever you want out of yourself. All you need is ambition and hard work. Don't blame the genes. You can't blame genes for everything. So th they have this conflict going on dating back to their childhood. But at the end of the day, Jasmine really is in no position to be picky. And her attitude can be considered very offensive. <laughs> Let me, you know what? I, one thing I will say is I'm listening to you describe the movie and you've given a more or less perfect description of one thing in the movie. But the only thing you're not getting is the last thing you just said. The last thing you just said there is, you know, Kate Blanchett could can be considered considered well, man she she's a bitch in this movie she is let, a bitch let 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 me finish let me finish <laughs> and and right up there Alec Baldwin's character you know he is actually you could actually see where he's coming from but again he's not exactly Mr. Nice guy he's a he's You're a an asshole Simon you can see where it's coming from I I what I'm trying to highlight is that yeah, what you're trying to hide, you see, this is the you see, Simon, you're the problem in this in this society, this movement, you're the problem because you're just skirting over the bad parts. And guys, I'm gonna stop Simon on the on the summary right there because look, this is a character piece, and I'm I just want to skip through this because I want to actually talk about the movie itself because honestly, although you went through the story, you can watch this movie and you're just you're just watching Kate Blanchett as a person. As a very kind of disturbed person who is shell-shocked and who is dealing with a level of psychosis coming down, falling off of cloud nine to reality. And let me tell you something about this movie, Simon. For me... Tell me. Although I find this a great movie, man, there's one word that comes to mind all for us watch this movie, man, because I was cringing watching this movie. I was, <laughs> I was cringing so hard because the last movie that Woody Allen made about an asshole character. It's another movie I like, but I can't enjoy because of the character. And that is Sweet and Lowdown with Sean Penn being this very talented musician, but being oh, yeah. a, a complete yeah. asshole. Where here, Kate Blanchett is, you know, there, here's the thing. I like the way Woody wrote her because it's not that she's a straight bitch. It's just that she's completely self-centered. She's completely in her old world. And she is so focused on her own life and where she came from and she can't see anything else and it doesn't make her evil it just makes her very unlikable and all through this movie you kind of want her to adjust to her new reality and she's fighting it and she won't accept her fate so to speak and to be honest with you she's done wrong by people she's done wrong by her sister she's done wrong by people she meets she can't get out of this world and she thinks she's above everything else so a lot of people watch this movie and think it's a comedy. It's a comedy about a woman coming down to reality and just getting what she deserves. But to be honest with you, that's why the movie is cringy to me because I actually don't enjoy her suffering. I feel like she is a bitch, but she's kind of... I, I, I feel sympathy towards her, but she is a, that, she's see, a bitch. That, that, that's, that's to me is the power of this film. And what I... What I meant by that, you know, you can see where Elbow is coming from, or you can, you know, you, you can, there are multiple dim dimensions to Jasmine's character, is that in other films or other filmmakers would have taken a lesser approach uh, because would it would have had either the characters, like you said, be more clean-cut, cartoony, you know, they're, she, she, she's, she's spoiled, unrealistic and it's a comedy of how she gets hit by reality and Alec Baldwin is just evil or menacing 
Or on the flip side, they would have added a ton of stuff in on top of it to make them likable. You know, a subplot of Alec Baldwin saving a puppy and her doing all this charity stuff, yada, yada, yada. And Woody doesn't go down that route. He just writes the characters realistic, like real people, flawed people, but real people. Alec Baldwin is likable on the merits of his performance, but his character doesn't change. He's still, you know, a villain. He's still an asshole. He still cheats on his wife. He's still having a nasty affair, which to me is the lowest of the low, because not only are you fucking around, but half an hour before you're holding hands with somebody and telling them, you know, I love you. I love you more than anything. And then you go back to your wife and pretend everything's okay. Yeah. And on top of that, he ruins lives. He steals people's money. He's a straight up thief. Or, you know, uh, as they would say in 2017, 2018, a real presidential candidate. But (laughs) (laughs) so I really appreciated that. I like that the fact that they were able to make them human without having to give them crutches to be less villainous or less flawed. And again, why Kate Lynch's performance is so spot on to this character, because the only way you can feel sympathy and kind of understand where this character comes from, if her elegance, grace, and all this stuff feels extremely natural, she doesn't feel fake. She doesn't feel like a poser. You know, if it was like the Kardashians where you basically see a bunch of trailer trash people in a Mercedes cry about, you know, white people problems, then you wouldn't care about them. You wouldn't feel sympathy for them. You were like, you're, you're trash. You're all fake. You're full of lies. And now you're getting your dues when, because the money ran out. But Kate Blanche's character just feels like a, a woman of grace, a woman of intelligence, somebody who's just naturally inclined to... No, 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 Grace. Take that word out. Not Grace. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, I mean, I mean, she has pride in herself. Like, it's very clever, actually, with the costumes that she has a handful of nice clothes left. And she keeps on worrying them, you know. Oh, like she's got style. Yeah, she's got style. Yeah, for no, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I find that you know, kind of sad, but also a good character trait that she's kind of holding on to the past and whatever mm. with whatever she's got. She doesn't have much, but she makes the most out of it. While her sister has, you know, a bunch of things going for her. She has this uh, guy who's crazy about her. She has a family. She's a very earnest person. The thing I like about the sister yeah. is that she's very a very heartwarming person. You know, she made one mistake, which is a business mistake, which is fair because she just trusted her sister and got screwed. And it wasn't even her sister's fault. It was her husband that ultimately screwed them both. But she's open. She's, she's well, always... Well, Sissy, uh, I disagree because I think uh, they shouldn't have... They should have been smarter where they put their money. <laughs> that, that's, well, that's there's what... no day. She trusted Alec Baldwin, so it's not there. Yeah, like... Oh, you mean the couple? The couple, the sister couple? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. sister couple. Like, like, oh, true. In terms of, like, I, I don't care. Like, Alec Baldwin basically just said, uh, you know, why would, do you want to build your own business when you can just invest with me? That's and the only like... thing that, to be honest with you, that's my criticism to the movie. Because I feel like the characters were kind of skewed all the way to their to their roles, to their character types, because she's super earnest. There's a, there's a scene in particular where Bobby Cannavane and Kate uh, Blanchett are outside and he's just digging at her and digging at her. And it's like, there will be a point, he sees her outside and he's like, I heard you lost your mind. And at this point, she hasn't really shown her bitchy self to him and he keeps on digging at her. And it's just, to me, it was more, I'm like, you don't really know her. Why are you really picking at her? If it was the ex-husband, I can understand because he has a reason to hate her. But not only that, it's not just him, the kids, the kids will come and start picking at her and it's played to a comedic effect. But I'm like, this is the part where this is more like a dark comedy. It's less realistic. You're playing this up for everyone to kind of pick on her. And Mm. in real life, I don't think someone would kick someone that much when they're down, even if they hide because she's really lost everything and she comes to stay with you. So I was like, I see what you're doing, Woody. And it's kind of funny, but at the same time, it's that you're kicking someone when they're down, which is fine because she deserves it. But I'm like, in terms of realistic, I'm pushing it a bit. And again, the reason why I bring it up is because Woody Allen has this trait where karma sometimes in the movie and where it is with the storyline is that although she's trying to escape her reality, she actually finds a wish. And uh, oh God, what's the guy's name here? Peter Sarsgaard. She meets Peter Sarsgaard, who is someone who's going to bring her back to that bring her back to that A-class status of upper 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 echelons of royalty and she's like yeah I'm gonna sure. get this guy and it's like obviously if she didn't she if she didn't lie to the guy chances are she could have had the wish and 
it's not like she was conniving. She just thought about it. And I honestly think she made the decision that she didn't have confidence that she would he would take her if, if she knew all the details because obviously she had a reputation for just being a swindler and all that. So I understand the decision she made and she's not even a villain for doing that. And the thing that makes me like it even more is that if she was just a straight stuck-up bitch, upper-class bitch who doesn't show emotion, the way Woody Allen creates the movie is that you see her breaking down. When she's at work, you see people are stressing her out at a dense appointment. When this guy's trying to hit on her at work, she's just losing her mind. There's a scene where she even goes to uh, goes to lunch with the boyfriend and the boyfriend. And again, they're picking on her. They keep asking her, what are you going to do with your life? What's that? Why are you going back? And they're just like, yeah. it's funny, but it's kind of like you're, you're scabbing. You're picking at a scab and it's, it's cringy. It's like, ugh, this is so comfortable well, well, it, It's tension building up. It actually reminded me of uh, one of my favorite films, which is Cat on Hot Tin Roof especially with the kids running around and that's kind of a, a another character piece about you know a woman in a very stressful situation kind of a family situation and with a husband who has fallen down a notch obviously paul newman in that film right. and um yeah I, I mean i i see what you're saying to me in terms of the characters being realistic i think again i like the fact that you know chili is what you would expect like he's a schlob he's He's just a he's a, just a chump who drinks a lot, watches sports, hangs out with the boys. But at the same time, he's likable because he really loves, you know, the sister. And even when he gets aggressive, he doesn't lay a finger on them. He just keeps messing up the furniture. I like that. <laughs> I know? like that. I like that because if Bobby Cannavale, he always plays all those insanely violent characters, and I'm glad that Woody reigned in. So he was more of a bit of a more of a softy. The scene with him at the supermarket, a job crying like a baby, and even at the end, where he's that near, well, the second to last scene where he comes and has that altercation with her. When someone forgot to mention when she's having the film with Louis C.K. and he finds out about it. So let's let's jump to Louis C.K. for a minute because oh, and that's that's another thing why this yeah. movie is kind of relevant because see in this movie. Louis C.K. is acting. I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but now I'm an artist. I'm not just an artist. I'm working with Mr. Allen, who I dearly look up to. I transcended my comedy, and I'm a serious actor now. You know what? Hold on, hold on, and hold the, on. And, and, the, and the only thing I would like to ask you is, would you like to watch me masturbate? <laughs> Louis that CK. motherfucker, Louis C.K. He's really... a street upset rapist. Okay, let, let's put it. Let's put it down to the table. Since we're talking about oh, sex offenders, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that guy, okay, Mister Sexual Assault himself. See, this is why Woody can't catch a break because everybody around them seems to be just messing up left, right, and center. I am not going to defend him at all. He's, just, he's definitely a sexual deviant. He's not a rapist. He ain't rape anybody, but he's a sexual deviant. Oh well, to... well, he he raped. The eyes of people that had to watch that bold, <laughs> fat, you know, ginger guy with his pants down, jerk off in front of him. I would consider that pretty rapey. I mean, rape. Th that guy is, is you know, he, deviant. I, I would go beyond. Like he, that's that's sexual assault. Well, to add, you know what, let let's talk about his role in the movie. He has a small part in the movie. He was. Woody actually cast him to play another role, which he kind of failed. Yeah, he changed his voice by, you know, lowering it down a little bit and basically played somebody who cheats on his wife. You know, clap, clap, you know, great job. Louis C.K., Woody and team sought him out, you know. He, he doesn't strike me as someone Woody would normally go out for. So that's the kind of cast and I feel like it's just more relevant. He was an up-and-coming comedian. He started his show. He was relevant. It was cool. You know, when I saw this movie the first time, I didn't even know of him that well because i avoided him but since then i've become a fan of his show even with his controversy again i'm a fan of someone else who's fucked up apparently and who's whatever but in the movie he's not really much to talk about he's only in the movie for like 10 minutes and he's out so he's whatever the rest of the cast is good let's focus on some of the other things cinematography this is shot in san francisco there's one scene in particular which i think is beautiful other than that i just think it's pretty average and that's the scene where kate blanchett is meeting uh, Peter Skarsgård. She met him the first time at the party. They go out to um, a balcony and you can see a shot of the bay. I'm not sure which bay is at San Francisco, but it's a really nice wide shot. And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. Other than that, you do see them going, Kate Blanchett running to a job and running. You don't really see much of outside, actually, surprisingly. 
we see a lot of inside. So on the same note, it's kind of funny that you know people are talking up sexual assault and all this stuff because Woody actually made this movie part about sexual assault. One of the challenges that Kate Blanchett goes through that all these guys are because they sense how fine she is in terms of class. They just they just are drawn to her. And again, from Boardwalk Empire, a great actor who was also in Men in Black 3, I think, and a number of other movies most recently, he plays this dentist. Oh, yeah, that was a gangster in Boardwalk Empire as well, wasn't it? Yep, yep. And uh, he plays this dentist that Kate Blanchett reluctantly becomes a secretary for just because she has to pay the bills. Yeah. And again, when he comes on to her in a very disgusting way, not only is that a great depiction of how women can be victimized at the sure. workplace by somebody who doesn't even clock on to what they're doing sure. they're just so sure. de- desperate to kind of get her attention and yeah. you know make a move uh, again very well well done very yeah. realistic and also it reconfirms what i always thought that dentists are fucking weirdos man like <laughs> between all all the dentists in real life that come out as rapists or exposed as rapists like they put people to sleep and do all sorts of crazy stuff in their mouth uh. and and these guys that go on, like the guy who shot the lion on a safari, because dentists are Oh, yeah, are that guy. <laughs> got yeah, 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 yeah. Dentists are basically like the water boys of... Uh, the medical scene? <laughs> um, the, of the medical scene. They're like yeah. the losers yeah. who couldn't quite make it to the surgeon level and, you know, the big shots. Are veterinarians above them then? <laughs> I assume so. I'm not an expert. But basically, they all seem like desperate weirdos who save up and either do some crazy stuff like kill, you know, endangered species for no reason or just graduate to the Trump level of being a straight up rapist. And if you think about the ammo of the Trump family, when you Google pictures of them, they're either in some situation where they're being accused of sexual assault because of some dumb shit they said on tape. Or it's one of his, you know, psychopath-looking sons on some safari, butchering animals, corpses, cutting off, um, you know, cutting up uh, elephants and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, I can see the parallels now about, you know, a certain minority complex in underachievers. Well, speaking of parallels, Woody Allen, you know, you know, he never equates any of this stuff to his real life. Of course not. Remember when Alec Baldwin was going through his trysts in the past of all the women that he cheated on? Well, ironically, I don't even remember this, Simon. You just saw the movie. But I don't want to say it was a short that brother comes back, but their last confrontation, when she finds out, when she really addresses Alec Baldwin about cheating, she's like, and you're sleeping with a girl that's, how old? She's like a teenager. But we're in love. And I was like, huh, you're leaving your wife for a girl that's <laughs> a teenager. That's, uh, that's not... Not familiar to anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, I don't know. I think it was just playing into the fact that Kate Blanche's character is so classy, yet she's trapped in this awful cliche, mm. you know, that of being left for a younger woman. And that's what really pushes her over the edge. And obviously the big reveal is that she was the one who turned him in. And that's what escalated this whole problem. Even her adopted son, who's, I think, Han Solo now, which... Watching this movie, I still don't understand why they would cast him out of all people to play Han Solo mm. or Han Solo. Sorry, uh, drinking halfway through before the Star Wars fan base flips out as well. But basically, he's young Han Solo now. He's in this movie. Not much to say. He's a brat who complains a lot, whatever. But, you know, Kate, it's the focus is on Kate Blanche's character. And obvi- honestly, I like this movie similar to Interiors. I like Interiors better, but I like the depiction of a woman who had so much grace and class and so much to give even towards her sister who was really a pain in her ass but she always tried to to be kind to her and, and, and always felt guilt really really yeah, think... yeah she always she always felt guilty about being embarrassed about her and and her <laughs> life i feel guilty for not for feeling ashamed of my sister is that a redeeming quality that's kind of like not yeah. saying it's redeeming it's not supposed to be redeeming I mean she's obviously not a redeeming character I just think uh, Kate Blanchett nailed the human side oh, sure, of it where, sure, sure. Where it's, it's not like evil she's not like a, no, 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 no. A, 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 I don't know the chick from Fatal Attraction where you're, you're like okay th- she's just crazy or she's just mean. She's just evil. She just does things because she thinks she's not Theresa May. Okay, I <laughs> see. That's what I'm trying to say. She she is somebody who 
is genuinely better than her environment. And that's kind of like her tragedy. She is not pretending to be so fine or smart or great or elegant. She just is. And yeah. that always makes her clash with the reality around her. She's literally somebody who's too good for her environment. And that and nothing can live up to that. And she made the mistake all her life that when things didn't live up to it, instead of confronting it, she looked the other way. She looked the other way with her marriage, with the affairs, with the financial, you know, trickery and the illegal business conduct. And then when it all caught up to her, she still can't fr confront reality. She keeps reliving the past and having these episodes of, of being stuck in memories. And ultimately, you know, that's her downfall. That's that leads to the character's total breakdown at the final scene, which is really tragic. Sure. So I think that's the biggest achievement from both the writer director's perspective and the actress's perspective of really nailing somebody who's the hero, the villain, and the victim of the story all in one. Because after all, she caused all this trouble for for everybody in a, in a certain sense. Sure. You know? Well, she brought all on herself. So again, I know I kind of criticized the movie for having these unrealistic characters, but this is a story where you don't get a lot of stories where you, you're meant to kind of not root for the character, but you're seeing an unlikable person. Unlike um, Sweet and Lowdown, that guy had a talent and he was just self-defeating on purpose. She was ignorant to her own life and she, the, she pulled the trigger on her own destruction in a fit of rage, which is not a really, it's not even a big plot twist. It's like, that makes sense. It's a, it's a stupid move where she even regrets that scene where she even admits it. A tear comes down her eye. I'm like, fantastic acting. She does fantastic as an actress. The movie is hard to watch. Just watching her in uncomfortable situations. There's a, there's a series that, is, that I can't remember. It's just like it's watching someone keep doing silly things in uncomfortable situations you just don't understand. It's like Kirby Enthusiasm turns this kind of thing into a comedy, but Larry David is a likable arsehole. She's unlikable she doesn't even have the means to be that way anymore and she can't fight on reality it's a fascinating movie William Andy did a really good job he took it to a, a, the right he took it to the direction which made the movie very unique great actors great characters it's a movie I would not watch again I can tell you that much just because for a while it's just too uncomfortable for me it's like it's a good movie I won't deny it it's just a very uncomfortable watch on purpose and let's just wrap it up there. Good movie. I know it's a favorite for a lot of people. Obviously, the scores are very high. She won an Oscar for the movie. Very well deserved. I can't deny that. So, definitely one of the best in this decade for Woody Allen. And uh, moving forward, I will say this. And I'm very... I don't know if you know it, Simon. Moving forward, this is where I stopped watching Woody Allen movies. Because I knew I was going to do a retrospective. And I wanted to continue the rest of them at a point. So, now, every single movie... We talk about up to this point. We're going to be both watching it for the first time, so I'm excited about that. But now that we've wrapped up the movie, guys, you know who's you know who's not excited. He's not excited. Dylan Farrow. I feel a segue. I feel the segue coming along. Uh, this kind of depresses me because, and let me just, this could be his own podcast, and I just don't want it to be because I feel like shit. I really do. This no. whole. And, and it ties into this movie. It ties in no, with Louis C.K. It, it ties in with Kate Blanchett. It ties in with Alec Baldwin. And it ties in with the fact that because of this movie's humongous success, I don't think it was as big at the box office as uh, Midnight in Paris. No, no, it wasn't. Of course not. Although I see, I don't want to say something that's inaccurate, but I see nearly $100 million for it. I see 90-some million. I don't know how accurate it is. I'll double check while you're talking. Go on. It, it, it doesn't matter. Basically... The point I'm making is that Woody Allen has been suffering for this movie's success ever since because it seemed like within the span of two and a half years, he had two massive successes. Yeah. And uh, in this new age of all these means to rediscover classics and watch films and obviously access to everything online, even if you don't buy it, it was a perfect time for a renaissance for directors like him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think his haters could could really live with that. So they came out of the woodwork. And this is where this whole conversation becomes very uncomfortable because they're hiding behind a movement that is really respectable and necessary. Well, hold on. Let's clarify, let's clarify this just a, just a little bit. Because when you say okay. they're okay. hiding behind, right now, all these actors that I worked with Woody Allen in the past are coming out and distancing themselves, saying that 
they're either disappointed or they or they want to discredit Woody Allen now and say they regret. Obviously, on the last movie, we spoke about it with Ellen Page and the other lady. And now Mia Sorario from Mighty Aphrodite's come out. In uh, Woody Allen's most recent movie, we've got one of the main male actors donating all his money from the from this Woody Allen movie to the Me Too movement, which to me sends a, a message that he feels he needs to because he works with Woody Allen. And I'm it's it just the convenience you could just say in it he's doing it, but it just seems too convenient. It just seems like he feels guilty. There's a lot of people backpedaling like, hey, hey, hey. And he could have wrote a check. Like he's still rich, you know. Uh he didn't need to specific uh, to you know to specify that I'm donating my salary from my Woody Allen movie. I'm taking my Woody Allen money and giving it to the Me Too movement. He could have just made the donation. Well, I guess the, another reason why I guess he's doing that is because he's also trying to say, hey, not everybody who works with Woody Allen is a sex offender. Huh? Huh? We can be good guys too. And I'm like, you know what? Say what you want. If that's what you want to do, fine. The reason I'm bringing this up is, at the time of this recording, Dylan Farrell has done her first in-person interview with CBS or Dinosaur or whatever. It's an eight-minute interview where she discusses in detail how Woody Allen sexually molested her. And again, I got two or three emails from people saying, oh, you're disgusting for supporting this sex offender. How can you support Woody Allen? Let me tell you why I support Woody Allen. I can't say any clearer. I do not believe Dylan Farrell. I don't. And seeing her in this interview saying her truth doesn't make me feel good about saying that because I don't want, I don't like seeing someone saying that they've been sexually accused. I don't blame, I don't believe them. But at the end of the day, that's what happens in court all the time. Just because someone says something, it doesn't mean it's a matter of the fact. Woody Allen was already in a court of law and he was found not guilty on all charges. The stories don't add up. The timeline doesn't add up. How, why he got accused, when he got accused, it doesn't ring true to me. Now, Dylan Farrell is striking while the iron is hot. This is a perfect time to attack him. It's the perfect time for her to come out for the first time because this movement is strong. Everyone's been taken down and looking at it from a... And I don't want to say this in a, in a strategic way because I don't want to make her sound like... I think she was brainwashed. Let me, let me just say that first. I think she was brainwashed. I think she believes what the Allen did this to her. That's why I'm, I can't hate on her but I just don't think the situation happened. That's my opinion, love it or hate it. And she sees this as an opportunity to strike him down. That's her vengeance, fine. Her brother kind of started this thing as well. I watched his interview as well, Ronan Farrell, where he was like, he told her to keep quiet. He, he didn't even want her to come public with this for all these oh years. Oh my God, did he say that? I mean, yeah. that's such bullshit. Yeah. You know, that. see, this. I'm sorry to jump in. It's okay. But th this is what I hate. This is nothing but a shameless media hack who's promoting his own career, abusing his own sister to do it. Because whether she's in the right or wrong, whether she was really assaulted or she's making it up, is disgusting either way. Because you're exploiting your, your sister's trauma to increase increase your hey, own uh, support. Uh, you can't say that. You can't say because he said he didn't want her to come forward. This is the this and way that, you got to think and, of and, it strategically because he said he didn't want her to come exa forward. Exactly, he's positioning himself as like, no, I didn't coach her to say what she said. And she wants I to just, say her truth. She and I have to let her. She, she wants. She wanted to do it. Yeah, of course. I was. I I told her to keep quiet. I just bring it up every weekend on Twitter and add Mia Farrow in there. And every time anybody gives Woody Allen an award, I'm just the first person retweeting it in disgust. But I didn't want her to relive this pain. I don't encourage this. All I did was make the phone call, book the interview, prep her, give her a script. But outside of that, I was against the whole thing. Now, let me tell uh, you. Let me let me come in. And, let, let me come in and say this. Let me come in and say this because I want I want your opinion on this because the Woody Allen and her thing. I understand that. I really do. If she feels Woody Allen did it wrong, that's fine. It's even her provocative to go out public and denounce him. My problem is with everyone else that already knew Woody Allen was accused, that are now turning cult on the heels of this movement and now saying, yeah, you're right. Just, I'm like, this is bullshit. It, it's not consistent. It's not right. And it just seems very opportunistic. After you've done the movie, you, then you criticize him. What is that? That is that is really hypocr hypocritical and and it's just very disappointing to me. And now, obviously, 
there's a whole new wave of this happening because apparently they, they want to boycott his new movie. Even the actors already giving his money away. And Woody Allen, I had another conversation with someone, and I'll let you speak after this, that the way things are going, and I force Woody Allen's the kind of person, and he's old now, I would not be surprised if Woody Allen gets to his 50th movie, which is like two movies, and he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm retiring. Because Woody Allen, looking at him now, he seems really tired, and this, if he's going to be the spearhead of this whole thing, I wouldn't be surprised if he stepped away, and I wouldn't have a problem with it, and I might even encourage it, that, you know, you've done 50 movies, you don't really need this heat because they're just looking for the next Harvey Weinstein. I don't think you're it, but shit, man. The movement always needs a a, a, a a villain. And Woody Allen right now, he's being positioned as that villain. And the way things are going, this year's going to really tell, especially with Dylan Farrell coming out and her gaining supporters. This year's really going to tell how Woody Allen's going to weather the storm. Because I know he says, I don't care. But this time... I don't know because the, this movement is strong, it's heavy, and it's hot. And if people all start saying, I want to work with Woody Allen, oh, uh, fuck it. And then was, I just, I honestly wouldn't be surprised that, you know what, fuck this then. I'm going to lean back and let you guys do what you do. And I'm just write books and write movies, whatever. I would not be surprised. You know, for the past, what, 50 years, he couldn't go a single year without at least writing a movie. And for yeah. the majority of it, he always directed one. I don't think this should stop him or anything should stop him. You know, I mean, that's biggest. That's what pisses these guys off the most. No matter what they did, no matter what we, Mia Farrow accused him of in the 90s, he just kept on being successful and kept on doing his thing and couldn't care less. Yeah, That's what they hate. That's that's the whole ex-wife complex that we see unfold in this whole story of pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Why would you pay attention to me? That's the whole thing. and it And it's absolutely disgusting. To me, Roland Farrow is disgusting as well, who's just promoting his own career. Because he, this is what they're doing. Last year, actually, it was 2018, so it's been two years now, sort of. In 2016, all these barriers were broken down. People realized that there's no such thing as truth. It's just what morons online believe, because nobody researches stuff. I mean, we weren't experts on the subject matter. We just took out half an hour to an hour out of our day to read up on facts like the fact that Mia Farrow wrote a recommendation letter about Woody Allen being the best husband and father she has ever met yeah but was it two weeks a month before the allocations you know the same year basically or the fact that Mia Farrow's own adopted son who's now a, you know a graduate doctor he's not a child he's a family psychologist came out and wrote this essay of why he's certain that they as kids have been brainwashed and false memories have been planted into their heads by Mia Farrow as a form of revenge against Woody Allen and he thinks Woody Allen is innocent and that Dylan Farrow is living a lie. And that's her own brother saying that. Uh, also, one other thing I don't think we brought up before, she did ask, I think she um, offered a plea deal for Woody Allen $7 million to drop the whole case. $7 million to drop the whole uh, sexual uh, case against him. That's what she asked yeah. and he refused. Yeah, and th that seems, you know, the exact opposite of everything else is going on. And this is, I, I agree with you, I don't think actors are making the right call of backing out. Not because they should, like, come out in flaming support of, you know, Woody Allen and start a fight and, and all that and jeopardize their own career. I think it's very, uh, you know, amicable. I feel like they're being manipulated. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's this movement of no truth, everybody promoting themselves. And again, Roland Farrow knows that this is a brilliant platform for him to build up himself to be a bigger media personality. If he, I said this before, and I say it again, if he would lose this position and he would end up on Fox, he would flip the script like it's nobody's business. That guy has no integrity. If you listen to him and you think, oh, he's supporting my movement. We're all in this together. I feel like I'm so empowered right now. Trust me, all he wants is your followership and your your support. When the tables turn, he's just going to sell you out and work for the other side because he has no loyalties. He only He's selfish. He only thinks about himself. And this is why most people believe the fake news narrative because quality journalism and investigative journalism gets mished in with this gossip column bullshit. That whole interview with that you made me watch before we recorded this with uh, Dylan Farrow, I was watching it. It's framed so terribly with yeah, like what, a what strong... What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Yeah, thank you for bringing it. I forgot to bring it up. The framing was awful. They're in a room. 
a family setting and it's just two women discussing this tragic event already you can just feel the setup like it just feels fake and then she starts talking and she uses like the most descriptive medical terminology i have ever heard she's like and then woody allen proceeded to press his ambiquitous ligristorus against the female mechoristus fecoli mescosis and have over yeah and I, I was like what come again are you giving a, a, a lecture at Harvard or are you describing a, a sexual assault? I mean, don't forget they actually played the, they played the interview with these interview back to the, the crucial part just to get that extra emotion. You know what I mean? So I like, I like they did that though. Cause they really went to make sure that this is the part of what he calls you out to be a complete liar. How'd you feel about that? And then she brought down. Oh, of course, of course it, 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 it was absolutely terrible. It was so fake. It was just for clicks, clickbaiting. It had no genuine respect for anything, for victims of sexual assault, for the truth, for, the, for you know, giving Woody Allen a, a fair chance of defend himself. None of that. And really, I read, you know, Salma Hayek's summary of her experience with Harvey Weinstein. Now, if you want to read something that genuinely makes your skin crawl and your stomach turn, read that. Because yeah. that is how somebody who experienced, you know, those type of encounters and situations talks about it. She didn't do a half an hour essay about her clitoris. You know, she just told it the way it was. And you can feel her hesitation and her pain and her shame of coming out and admitting that. And, you know, I, I know people from a number of different age groups and a number of different relationships who ha have very real life experiences all the way down to rape. And let me tell you, I never had to use a theosaurus to understand what they were saying. So this whole thing, and this is always my point, the Me Too movement is very important and very justified because <laughs> as Louis C.K. taught us, we have a lot of fucked up, enraging douchebags out there. And this whole constant confusion, I don't even get that. I understand that people tend to extremify things and go into this witch hunt scenario. But when guys say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know that was offensive. I'm like, if you don't know, just wait for the woman to make the first move. You don't have to jump down somebody's throat. I'm sure you can just ask her or wait for her to actually make a move. I don't understand how people have such poor social skills. That's a that's a whole different thing because Aziz Ansari, I don't want to derail the conversation. Aziz Ansari was outed for this. Yeah. This is where the conversation gets watered down and the narrative gets muddy. I mean, if Roland Farrow wants to take down somebody, I recommend the goddamn president <laughs> who's on <laughs> tape admitting sexual assault. Like, why do we Look, get he's, sidetracked? He's obviously untouchable. He does everything without even... You ask for evidence, he gives you evidence on Twitter every day, and he's not taken down. So it's a waste of time. Don't talk <laughs> about your President Trump. That's a waste of time. Uh, yo, I, that's what infuriates me. I'm like, the ending is going to be that you get sidetracked with these witch hunts, and the real perpetrators who have who know that they're guilty so they're prepared they're prepared with supporters finances lawyers funding connections who are ready to fight this case you know the harvey weinsteins the bill cosby's they're gonna get away with it and you're just gonna end up fucking up careers for people and and, and ruining people's lives who really could have just had a conversation with or in woody allen's case i never met the man i can't speak a with 100 percent accuracy but based on the two points I just brought up with Mia Farrow's recommendation letter and her son's, you know, essay that he as a professional psychiatrist wrote, I can say with 99% accuracy that I believe, based on that evidence, is innocent. Oh, yeah. He's not an ideal husband. I wouldn't say <laughs> cheating on your wife with yeah. her adopted daughter from a previous marriage who is much younger than she is, then just declaring it as, well, you know, love's love and good luck finding a new husband at 45 with like 25 kids is very you know is like a fair play <laughs> I, I i don't even know the word it's i know fair, no word. i don't no know word. i think it's, it, not, it's not very nice it's, it's not very nice it is a dick move but that doesn't make you a pedophile sure you, you, you said it perfectly let's wrap this up we can go on this forever people yeah. if the movement's important to you stop getting sidetracked stop getting manipulated by people online who just put 
want to promote their own careers and act out their own agendas, do the research yourself and get behind the causes and support the victims who actually need support because they're not millionaires. I honestly, I, I do want to say this. I, I look at Dylan Farrell. I do feel sorry for her. I don't know what happened to her mentally, but I hope she really does get help. I don't want to, I don't want to lambast her and villainize her. I really don't. There's obviously something wrong with her. She hasn't lived well, but even though she's got a kid and her husband, it's still not enough. She needs she wants us to go in a certain direction. And I just don't think she's going to get what she really wants. I really don't. She wants Woody Allen to go to prison. I mean, I don't think he's guilty. I don't think it's going to happen because Woody said there's no evidence. So I just, I don't want to say she's wasting her time. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do, man. But honestly, everyone else, I understand her going up against her father, whatever. I understand that 100%. Everyone else now, you, you guys are all something else. Let's see how this plays out because... This movement is something else. It's, it's hot. It's, it's still hot in 2018. And I'm sure there's going to be more uncovers. I'm sure there's even, you know, I'm sure. And I don't say this because I want the movement to end. I'm just saying this because we're human fucking beings. I'm sure people are going to do things to betray this movement. I'm sure there's women that are going to flat out accuse people for the wrong reasons. They're going to get caught out and it's going to damage the movement. It happens in every movement. It's always bad apples. I'm not going to call Dylan Farrell a bad apple. But... What I will say is they don't want to accept her in this movement. People don't, even though she should be automatically because people don't believe the story 100%. I'm on the YouTube channel of the video. I'm reading the comments. Check them out for yourself because it ain't 100% one way. I'll give you that much. Everyone is kind of split on this. So let's wrap this up again. I, I, guys, I really know this should just be about the movies. Sit to the movies. But the reason why I'm bringing these relevant, relevant things up because I don't want to just ignore the movies. I don't. You can enjoy the artist without the art. You can do that, but I don't really want to. That's why I just tell you guys straight, I don't believe You this. mean you can enjoy the art without thinking of the artist? I'm going to take him for himself and us. And yeah, it's a shitty person, like you said, but I just don't believe the hype. Because if honestly, if I believed he did it, then I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't have done the retrospective because I don't approve of sexual assault. End of story. So guys, I don't, I'm going to try not to interject these discussions in the reviews because they're kind of off topic and relevant at the same time but i think we're losing focus so guys again if you want to discuss this with me fine tweet me at don tyro simon don't want you to tweet him but i'll tell you to tweet him anyway at simian underscore red and simon again i appreciate you coming on and just sharing your opinion again i just like to be open and honest about these things especially in this very hot climate well and if you still can deal with it just uh i forgot his name so i'm just gonna call him dave be like Dave, the guy who didn't like the fact that John Boyega was in Star Wars because it's too diverse and killed himself. Be like him. Dave's Jesus now, and you can be too. For some reason, Simon's voice has turned into a robot, which means he's running out of time. So let's write this one up, guys. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel. Let us know what you think of the movie. If you want to, again, go back and forth back and forth with us on this discussion, just leave a comment in the comment section down below, and let's be civil about it. But again, guys... I want to thank the Woody Allen subreddit because they've had really good discussions about this. So if you're interested in having this discussion in particular further, go to the Woody Allen subreddit. Links in the description. And uh, guys, I'll leave it at that. We'll see you on the next recording.